Hello, and thank you for listening to the Neighborhood Radio Podcast. This podcast you're about to hear is from March on our topic of careers and education. Um, it was a rather long recording that we, we're going to break up into th- three chunks. Um, I'm not sure how smoothly that'll transition. So as you're listening, if it comes to an abrupt end, that's why. Also, we're aware right now with the uh, international COVID-19 epidemic or pandemic um, that a lot of you guys are experiencing a little bit of isolation and a lot of drama and things going on in your lives. Uh, Just want to remind you that uh, we're all here for you and care about you. And if you need a place to hang out uh, in your isolation, be sure to check us out at theneighborhooddiscord.com and come, come hang out with us. All right. Have a good one. Hello, and welcome to the Neighborhood Radio Podcast. I am your host, Nixel, here with... Vidment. Charlie. Zark. Zark, is this your first podcast to join us with? Join us in? It is indeed. Ah. I've listened to the first one, I think, but I actually haven't listened to any other ones, so... Yeah, you and everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> so we're still on the stream of doing podcasts based on... Uh, Questions asked by the community. And so this month, the question has been about education and careers. The, tell us your unemployed, oh wait, tell us your question about education careers. Let our panel of unemployed idiots tell you all about life. So um, Sounds about right. So we're going to work our way down the list. Some of these are probably going to be terrible questions. But, I'll have uh, you know hopefully. I'm an employed idiot. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> At the time, at the time I wrote that, I think Fish Doctor had been on the podcast a bunch, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, I think I would be the only one on the podcast with an actual job. Mm. <laughs> so I'm glad and you're, you're here. Self-employed, Mark. like so. It's yeah, yeah. So it's not even really like a proper job. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but we'll get into that because because uh, you know I think it's more proper of a job. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna start the first one. Uh, Bogue, Bogue, how do you say his name? Bouge. Bouge. Why is there such a divide for people in the definition of a successful career path? I.e., what do what you love versus make a sus- substantial amount of money. Um, why not shoot for both? So, so that is the question. Should you do what all the quotes that are shared on Instagram say, which is follow your passion, do what you love, or... Should you look in the market and see what money is available to be earned and do the jobs or seek the careers that have the most gainful employment opportunities? I mean, it all depends really on the, on the, the whole concept. Like it, you cannot really make a generalization of this. You really need to think of like, uh, what are the options for you currently in like uh, your local area? Uh, yeah, what kind of things you can do? Depends on your opportunities for sure, but like they're saying that there is a, a big divide for people. Like I think, um, I think the reason there is a big divide is because people are different. First of all, so like some people are going to want to just have a job that is something they enjoy, whereas some people are just going to have, want to have a job that's something that they can earn enough money so that they can take away and do the things they enjoy, you know, in their free time. Or maybe some people just enjoy making loads of money. 
Well, it, I, I think, think it depends what you're passionate about too. Cause like if you're passionate about cleaning toilets, yes, you should find a job that lets you do the thing you're passionate about. But if you're passionate about playing video games, it, it might not be feasible that you're going to find a great career path. That's going to make you comfortable in life and let you do what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think people are normally passionate about multiple things. Like, but I, I don't. I don't think that like like if it's a job, it's a job. It's it's gonna you're gonna be given money for doing something that somebody else doesn't want to do, and if somebody else doesn't want to do it, then there's a chance, a good chance that doesn't matter how much you enjoy it, it's you're gonna need to ha- you know force yourself in some sort of way to go and do it. You know what I mean? Sorry. So that's a problem. So it's I think that technical difficulties. Yeah. So it's it's. Like it doesn't matter what what job you're doing. It's going to be it's at least in some degree a chore. Otherwise, everyone would be doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless you're like you have a job where you just sit, and, you know, go on Reddit for like eight hours a day. Then like you know, it's it's going to be fucking it's going to be work. You know. I would I would add to that. It's either a job, I mean, a, a good career is one that a job that you're doing something someone else doesn't want to do or something that someone else cannot do. Mm. And which, which usually you get to one of those by education. So you get, you get certain training and then you can do things that not everyone can do and you become an asset for that, you know, field of work. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, that it usually does not line up with doing things you love. Yeah. Now, and and there's two ways to address that. You can either find some very obscure job, really fight for it. Like if you want to be a YouTuber who makes gaming videos, I know you and everyone else in the, in the market does. So like that's that's what everybody thinks. Oh, I want to do what I love, you know. But one of the problems with that is you're going to end up doing it as a job. Everybody ends up disliking parts of their job. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take something you enjoy and you're kind of going to ruin it for yourself. Yeah. And secondly. You can't play it the way you want to play the games. You'd have to play it in the way that's, you know, other people want to see you play the game. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to somehow like, yeah, it, it just becomes a job. At some point, everything just becomes a job. And so one of the dangers of doing what you love about, uh, you know, like the exact thing you love is that you end up ruining the thing you love. So it's almost better to find career paths that give you the freedom to do the things you love. So yeah. like if you if you enjoy gaming and and being able to be online a lot, then find a job where you can work from home doing something someone else doesn't want to do or doing something else someone else can't do. Um that allots you the free time to be online when your friends are or to do things to participate in certain events through your your hobby. And that way your hobby's still your hobby, you still enjoy it, you get to do it the way you want to do it. Um, but you know, it's not necessarily your career. Mm-hmm. I used to think when I was younger that like your career sort of defined you in some sort of way, uh, and like you sort of had to find a good job, a good career that was sort of reflective of your personality. But like as I've gotten older, I've realized that like that's not like it doesn't really matter. Like you you go in, you do your job, you work for whatever it is, like your eight hours or whatever, and then you come home, and then you can just like depend on the job. But like most jobs, you can just leave that, you know, leave the job where you know where it is. You don't have to like be. Like if you you know if you if you you know work at McDonald's you don't have you're not a McDonald's employee when you come home you know what I mean you're you're yeah. just yourself and you can do whatever you want in your own time so it's like as, as long as you find a job that 
in your mind is bearable and you you know you're not going in you know thinking it's suffering you're just you're, you think it's a chore you know you're getting it done and you're earning enough money to be able to afford you know the lifestyle you want to live then then it's fine you know just just have a separate thing that you can enjoy outside of your job yeah you shouldn't hate what you do for sure no you definitely not like yeah i mean i think that's I've the had... different you can you can do something that is not thrilling and yeah. not the highlight of your day yeah and have a very rewarding life but if you're going to work every day and you're like i it's like i go home every day depressed because of my day at work yeah then that's something needs to be addressed yeah yeah you, yeah you need to you need to change something for sure but yeah, and that may they, not be leave your current job. That could be anything from like maybe like you need to like have some self reflection. Maybe there's certain things in your head that's not right, but definitely you know have a good think about it and be honest with yourself. I think if that is the case. I absolutely loved my job, but I couldn't do it all the time. Like I'm glad that I had that happy medium of going to work, actually enjoying. And I found because I enjoyed what I was doing, I was going to work with a more upbeat mood to compared to doing a job that I didn't particularly like. So I think it's just having that balance because, like I say, going to work and actually enjoying what you're doing, it, for me, I found I did my job better. Like, oh yeah definitely yeah yeah does that make sense <laughs> yeah of course yeah if you're going in with a positive attitude it's sort yeah. of it's reflected in your behavior and your mannerisms and it's going to come out in your work and it's like if you have a you know if you have a like sort of like almost like positive like glasses on you'll see everything in a sort of more positive light and it'll make your day better and like make more people sort of happy to sort of be around you as well which mm-hmm. you know will also make your give you more career satisfaction you'll see you'll, you'll be more aware of the positive things in your life and your in your job yes yes all right uh next question who wants to get it oh where are we let's see um kiwi oh yeah is that a question <clears throat> or a statement i don't know read it we'll get to it <laughs> because maybe the thing you love might make a lot of money say cleaning but if you need a place to live you go for more money so you can achieve your goal faster right it's hard to understand but i think what he's saying is like maybe maybe you should do something you don't want to do for money so that you can get to your goal faster maybe is that what he's saying i'm not sure Uh, i I think so i mean that's the only way i could interpret it it is well, it is important to have long term objectives because like yeah. I, I had a really good piece of advice given to me when I was in college from a it was like a marketing director at a big firm and he was like don't take your next job for the pay take yeah. your next job for the job after that mm. like always have in mission what you want to be doing two jobs down the line so like if if your goal is to be like self employed then you don't necessarily want to work for a giant firm that's going to pay good because those jobs tend to lead nowhere. And like your hope is just to get moved up the corporate ladder, but go work for somebody who's self-employed because you can learn from them. And, you know, and then if your goal, like whatever your job you want, if you want to be the head director at a big company, then yeah, you want to go work for a company and get paid squat, but be able to work your way up that ladder, you know, there. And so mm-hmm. like you always, always pick your job based upon where you want to be. Yeah, that's quite clever. That's quite clever. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, people, you know, say like, um, 
they like or they'll, they'll take different jobs just because they have higher pay. Um, I, I I don't I definitely think that's not a good idea. Um, sim- ha- simply having higher pay, you know, that's not everything. Yeah, it's it's hard to like, especially whenever you're sort of like, if if it is a proper career, you know, like then then definitely you know consider sort of other things outside the money. But if it's you know if you are just working in a shop and another shop's offering you higher pay, like there's probably not a whole lot of difference there. You know, you're just getting some more money. But I mean, having said that, there could be an increased workload. It might make your job harder. It might make you less sort of enjoy uh, less appreciative of like your home life because you're tired all the time you know yeah stress has a toll like yeah exactly it, you're going to increase your healthcare costs in the future you all kinds of things are going to be different because you took on a job that was stressful because it had more pay yeah but i mean like I, I, but like again here he says uh if you need a place to live you go for more money so you can achieve your goal faster depends what your goal is right if your goal is just to simply earn as much money as quickly as possible then then you know maybe taking on the more stressful but but higher paying job is like exactly what you want to do but if your goal for example is to sort of have you know you're like like nixel said there like if your goal is to have a you know a career in in the future that you want to become self-employed maybe the better option is to go for someone who is self-employed and learn from them yeah that's all that and that's the distinction between success for everybody is very different like um, I remember cause I'm, I'm old, I'm 40 years old. I have purchased several houses in my life at this point. And I remember being young and thinking my goal is to like one day own my own house and be established. Like that was my sense of what establishment was, was like owning a house. And then like, and, the, and at some point you even start to realize it's the same way with like homeownership. Like don't buy the house. You don't, you can't buy your dream house when you're young, you buy a house that you can afford and that you can improve the, the asset of. So by the time you move out, it's worth more than when you pop, paid for it. And then, you know, you move up, you just keep moving up that, that ladder, um, of property value. And, uh, I, I lost where I was going, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, it all depends on what you define success as. And I think it goes back to not doing what you love because what you define success as might change. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like even just because you love something today and you think, oh man, I would do this all day. Like, like I, I used to love certain sports, but now I'm older and I cannot play those sports anymore. They hurt. Like I, my body can't keep up with those sports. So I've, I'm now playing different sports that are more, you know, kind to my body, but are still fun activities. And so if I, if I always just picked what I wanted just based upon my loves, then, you know, I would, I would have a very weird resume because I'd always be pursuing something different every few years. Mm-hmm. Should we go on then the next one then? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's do Evan. I think. <clears throat> Shall I read it? Sure. Go ahead. <clears throat> well, and because if you, it starts off with an and, and because if you do what you love, it becomes work. Sometimes you end up hating it. That's when people usually pick a hobby they love, the hobby that relaxes them, and a, a job they can tolerate and can support both. Yeah, that kind of goes back to sort of like what well, you know you're pretty much saying, isn't it? It's just sort of yeah, like you know, and like I, it, I would say tolerate tolerating a job is is a seasonal thing. If you're tolerating a job for for three years, you need to find a different job. You know, if you're tolerating a job for more than a year, you're, you're you need to find a different career. Mm. And a lot of it is not to do with the job itself, but it's just the people you work for or work with. 
really make or break a, a job. And, yeah. and I know there are people out there that'll be like, because I was the same way. You should never quit a job because it's bad for your resume, like to show that you walked away from a job after a certain amount of time. But if you go in someplace and it is just toxic, don't yeah, be afraid to, yeah. don't be afraid to leave. Cause like yeah. when you get your next job opportunity and you're talking to somebody and it's like, well, why, why, why did you, why'd you leave so quick? Showing that you have the discernment to say that there was something wrong with that institution and that it was, it was not a healthy place to be uh-huh. um, shows that you understand what makes a healthy environment. And you can, uh-huh. you can position yourself to get out of that situation. Now, if you do it 12 times in a row, that is a problem. Again, it does show up in your resume that way. If you jump from job to job, and I think the more dangerous position is to be the guy that always goes for the more money. Like they'll get a job, they'll find another job, they can use that job to swing into the other job and they will move up the ladder very quickly but then their resume now looks like an untrustworthy employee. Like the, when you're the when you're the eighth guy on that list, you're starting to look at an employee going, why am I going to bother training you? Because when you hire an employee, you lose the first month of productivity. It's pretty much lost on this employee. You're paying somebody to train them pretty much and to get them alchemated to your company. And, you know, why would you do put that into somebody? Why would you take a risk on that? Yeah. And that guy's just going to leave you to someone else because that's what he does. That's what he's done in the past. Yeah, it is. It is dangerous to do that as a career, but also don't let that hold you back and make you stay somewhere that's gross. Having said that, like, whenever you're young, all your jobs suck. Every job you go to, you're like, this sucks. Well, at least in my experience, all my jobs sucked when I was younger, and I wanted to leave them very, you know, quickly. But you should have just, stu- I just sort of stuck with it, and it sort of became better over time. So. It's like whenever you're younger and you do think it is a toxic environment, you know, maybe some of that's your own. Yeah. If you're just not used to being told what to do, that is, that is a hard transition for some kids these days because their parents never, never bossed them around, always negotiated with them. And then they meet a boss. I still hate told what to do. Can't stand it. Well, and a good, and a good employer, they do exist that they will, they won't tell you what to do. They will guide you and Mm. partner with you in getting the job done. They'll say like, instead of saying, Zark, you didn't do this. Next time, do this, or else we'll have consequences. Instead of saying that, they could just be like, "Hey, when you do this, it causes a problem over here. Can, yeah. you, can you help me? Can you work with me on that?" And yeah. and your mindset is completely different, and you're more motivated to do the, do a good job. And there's yeah. there's good bosses out there at yeah, probably yeah, any level, but you do have to take your kicks when you're young, when you have no experience. Yeah, definitely. You, you, you do have to be willing to put up with sort a lot of, of crap. Yeah, definitely. I like so like comp like. Uh, bosses will definitely take advantage of you because of that. You know, they'll see that you're sort of naive and you don't really know how things work, and they'll they'll definitely take that take advantage of you in that regard. So, I, I, but I think that's probably a good thing in the long run. Then you sort of learn over time, sort of what you're actually capable of and what you're what you're what you're allowed to do and what the boss is allowed to ask of you. Um, over time, you'll be able to sort of demand a bit more respect from your your employers, I think, as well. So like yeah. a, just a, a time and experience thing, I guess. Do we want to jump to orange burgundy's question there? Yeah, sure. Cause the next, like that's just sort yeah. of like more, yeah, more goes on about this for a little while. So orange burgundy, is that how you say that? Orange burgundy asks, if you were to become a university lecturer researcher, which of these two aspects of the job would you like, would you most like and why so? So what are two aspects of the job of, been a, been a university lecture. I think the best thing about that would, would be having an entire room full of people who have to listen to me. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that, 
<laughs> I find that's a huge motivating factor. If you really get to know professor, like respect because they don't get paid a ton. Like they don't, they don't, they're not driving Lexuses, you know, they're not, they're not really well off, but they go to a job where everybody treats them with respect. Everybody dresses in a way that shows that they have dignity and, and there's a structure there that they really do enjoy. Uh-huh. I do find it interesting though, how like school teachers are way less respected than uh, like university lecturers, even though they kind of perform the same function in a way. I guess it's prestige on sort of um, university well, professors sort of have to be a bit more specialized, I, spe- I guess, and therefore well, and, highly trained. I mean, yeah, that's... you're you're less. It's less formal when you're in under like when you're in high school and stuff. But I will say that you're more likely to have teachers that change your life in high school. Oh yeah, definitely. In, in university, you just kind of see them as this structure that you work with. But in, I mean. High school and, and elementary and middle school kid teachers, like part of their job is to make friends with the students and like to be mentors to the students. And that doesn't exist in college. You, like it's not really, those relationships aren't there. They're, They're not, not sort of formative to their, to their sort of personality as, as a university lecturer, I guess. Yeah. Um, I did have a, uh, whenever I, w- I was on a course for sort of gas engineering, I did have a tutor who, he wasn't wasn't very good to be honest i mean he he uh he seemed like he what he would do is he'd open a powerpoint presentation he'd read the powerpoint presentation and be surprised of what what he read out loud to the class you know what i mean <laughs> it, it, it was like he, he was he was teaching himself by reading the powerpoint presentations yeah um, i mean because, go ahead Oh, I mean, that's like exactly the same thing as in the, in my school with the IT teacher that mm-hmm. we have to teach ourselves. Not yeah. to, um, <laughs> she's not teaching us; we're teaching her in programming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like the the, the most annoying thing was is that the guy was he's like in his sixties, so he doesn't really understand new technology at all. So every every um every class was a struggle to get his 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 high tech Mac OS laptop connected up to the to the projector, and then after we, got, we got, had half an hour of a dance of that, there was a like uh, he 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 he'd often repeat the same jokes they had told you know two weeks ago, and um, like you know if if I had like my phone out in class you know to quickly you know send a couple of messages, then he would he would get uptight about that he he wouldn't like he wouldn't be happy to have any phones out in the class at all and it's like it's like yeah i cannot understand what you're coming from like you as a you know person who doesn't really know hasn't really grown up with phones don't really understand that you, it is possible to send a message and also pay attention in class at the same time now it's not you can't 100% do both but you can still understand what's going on in the classroom especially if you have been over the subject already and understand what's going on and send a message on your phone and then be able to you know tune back into class i think that's the sort of trait that young people nowadays sort of have just instinctively they're able to do that no problem whereas this guy like he had no concept of it he had the you know like hold his phone like you know a meter from his face look like underneath his you know his fucking long distance glasses and type with one finger on the text message and the world wouldn't exist to him if he was you know going to text and he assumes that everyone else has the same crack yeah I mean, I can kind of understand like why they guard their time because I mean, they, you know, a, a prepared professor that shows up with a lecture 
it's almost like an actor. It's someone who's, who's prepared and ready to put on a show. And then to have people not respect that time is. Oh man. Like this guy tricky. was so boring, man. Like, like the, like the entire yeah. time I spent in class was just trying to not fall asleep. Like that my, all of my effort wasn't going into learning anything. It was going into not falling asleep. So like if I was a university lecturer, I'd say, make sure my students aren't falling asleep. <laughs> uh, how are you going to make sure of that? Be interesting, entertaining, funny. You interested and entertaining and funny. All right. Well, like, like, why don't you talk for <laughs> once in this podcast then? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I will I will share my favorite quote of any uh, university professor. Um, people would would get into arguments with them, and uh, and the way he always went in the argument, he say, "You know what the difference between me and you is? I have a job I like." Because uh, <laughs> pretty much anybody who's in university as a student, the reason you're there is because you you want a career path or you want something that you, that you don't have yet. Otherwise, if you had it, you wouldn't be there. Yeah. And, I wish that was a good burn for <laughs> professor. Another good point is that like he's getting paid to sit there and argue and you're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're actually paying him to argue with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I got, I got offered to come back as an adjunct professor uh, at use at university. And uh, after I found out how much it paid, I realized that, it wasn't, of course, adjuncts are not really respected either way. They're not respected by the staff and students tend to know they're adjuncts, which means they, an adjunct is someone who works a real career and they just come teach a class. Um, and uh, it was like $1,000 a semester, which was what, was what the pay was. And there's not much, once you break that into the hours involved, there's not much that makes it worth it. So the people that do it, do it just for the respect, but at the same time, I never respected adjunct professors, so <laughs> I didn't. Why not? What's what's wrong well, with adjunct professors? Uh the problem was, and I think it's a systematic problem. When you're when you're paying someone so little, the only benefit for them having the job is that they, they get an ego trip from it. So they tend mm. to be it's like security guards. Narcissist. They tend to be jerks because they like they got that job not for the money, just yeah. because they the power they, trip or something. And they don't love education enough that so they actually pursued a job in education. They're not professors. Yeah. They just want to show up in front of a classroom with people who have to listen to them and boss a bunch of people around. Yeah. Because somehow they don't get that. That's the, the only run in I had with an adjunct that was negative was that way. And I, I kept butting heads with them. And yeah. and uh, yeah. That, that's they, exactly what my experience was in this here class course. But I think that that may just be because obviously he was he, he worked in, a, in the trade industry for a, a long time. And whenever he got older, he realized, hey, look, my body's too old to be able to continue doing the trade industry so i'll just you know do something else on the side while i'm you know decrepit yeah <laughs> get a, bit, a couple of extra pounds for spending money you know yeah he was never passionate about education and i think you really need to be like i think i might have missed my calling a little bit i think i would have like i like i like talking to people teaching people yeah. stuff i yeah, enjoy that part of my job now i actually do a ton of training it's what sets me apart in my company from a lot of other companies is mm -hmm. some people just do a service for you but i do a service for you and i'm willing to educate you to do the thing mm -hmm. and so uh, mm. but yeah i think i think there's like a sort of like a like in order to be a sort of 
a lecturer or teacher or someone who is involved with a class of people you sort of have to be quite intuitive and you sort of have to be able to sort of understand people on a sort of more intimate level than then i think you know this like i'd say half the people in the world sort of can be you know some sometimes people just don't care about other people in the same way that like it's in the same way that you know some other people do like some people are really good at sort of tuning in directly sort of with the sort of emotional consensus in the room i'm not like i'm not i don't buy into this like emotional intelligence kind of thing but i think some people are genuinely more intuitive than others i think you sort of have to be good at that yeah there's definitely some some skills involved. I, I think teachers don't get enough credit for the oh, for, for sure. how much how much of it. Like if you look at like elementary school teachers, like you think it's just like don't make don't let them eat the play doh and teach them their ABC. But there uh, is a ton of science that goes into teaching kids. Oh yeah, like life skills and reading and things like that. That that you know, uh, a lot of research and stuff goes into it. And you sort of have to understand like group mentalities and stuff as well because like those kids will act like a swarm if you, <laughs> yeah. if you let them you know yeah. little monsters the kids are kids are fucking assholes have you ever talked to kids holy crap oh, no, man. i don't i i still <laughs> if i walk into like an elementary school or especially like a high school today i get like my my hairs and like my neck stand up on edge like it's just you realize that these are not fully developed humans yet and they're also big enough that they could take you oh shit <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, that was my that was my job before, uh, like teaching um, like kindergarten age, so like three to five year olds, and they're just like the brains are like sponges. So like anything that you tell them, they will absorb that. So you have oh, to be no. really careful with yeah. what, you, <laughs> what you say and what you mm -hmm. do with them. Oh yeah. <laughs> One foot out of place, and next thing you know, it's. The parents are ringing you up to figure out, like, what the hell, what the hell happened? <laughs> How did they learn this word? <laughs> Is that you taught them it? Vidmit, can you read the next question from Owana? How do you? Is that how that said? Well, I think uh, I don't. I think that's like that's that's her stage name or something, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. As, if you listen to our last podcast, it was her music that we ended the podcast with. Oh, interesting. Cool. We'll probably need to find someone else this to end this with. We try to find someone. Community. All right. So the question goes, what jobs do you hate slash love? Cool. That's a good long question. list. That's a really... Yeah, it's a really good question. How many jobs have you had, Vimit? Um, wait, you mean, <laughs> wait, does, it, does the question really imply the jobs that you had? Well, well, I mean, like, yeah. How do you well, know you love it or hate it if you haven't done it? What do you think the worst job is out there, Vidman? Um, it probably was when uh, people who fought in the Vietnam War and had to like go into those bunkers with Vietnamese soldiers with only a flashlight and a pistol. I think that's a pretty bad job. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not a great, not a great. Uh, so what you're saying is, Vidman, you wouldn't go and join the Vietnamese War? No. No, I mean, if if we started again a Vietnamese war in two thousand like twenty, I think like it would be a bunch of uh, like you know um, Gen Z kids uh, <laughs> drafted into the army with pickle Rick uh, stickers <laughs> on the guns and 
blasting little pump while they blast off uh, the, the Vietnamese. Uh, <laughs> yeah, doing Fortnite dances on top of their trenches. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Have <laughs> uh, you seen that meme, T? <laughs> I think the worst job for me was uh, working with the elderly. Like I love working with old people, but I worked with um, uh, elderly people that had Alzheimer's and dementia. And I found that really hard because I was only young. I was only like 15, 16. And um, so, and it was like for a work placement. And uh, most of them thought that I was the grandchild and it was just so hard to not cry and get emotionally, you know, upset about that because they would be like, you know, trying to give me gifts all the time. Like this one lady, like every time I went there, she would try and give me this bracelet and it was like a family, you know, heirloom kind of thing. And she'd be like, come on, I know you don't want it, but can you just like, can you just take it? You know, this this belongs to you. And I was like, Go in after mm-hmm. work in like tea. I couldn't do it. I couldn't carry on. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. I did some charity work once for um uh just a one day thing, and um we went into this here facility where all the old people had dementia and stuff. And this one guy is his name was Sammy, and he couldn't like he 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 like we we just had to help them pot some plants. And the guy, you know, he didn't look physically weak or anything, but. Mm-hmm. He, um, oh, one second, guys, one second, sorry. Can we hear a loud farting noise? <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes the podcast. <laughs>